0: Hello, everybody. Welcome along to the event industry news podcast. My name is James Dixon, and as always, I wish you a very good a good morning, good afternoon, or evening, uh, whenever or wherever you tune in today's podcast from. And I I slip over my usual introduction slightly there because uh, a lot of the time when we have guests on the podcast, they're joining us from uh, the USA and North America, and uh, they are behind us in time from where we're recording in the UK. This afternoon for my guest, it is the opposite direction because my guest joins us from Hong Kong today. More about our guest in just a moment, but um, a little bit about what we're gonna be talking about. Remo.co is relevant to today's conversation. Um, The team behind an online interactive events platform that connects people in a more authentic way. When it's founder, Ho Yin Chung, left an online meeting he couldn't shake the feeling that he just couldn't connect with people in the same way that he could connect with someone in the real world worse yet he noticed time and again that social media had actually become anti-social so he asked a simple question what's stopping us from cultivating online relationships that are every bit as meaningful and enriching as relationships that develop in person, I'm delighted to say that joining the podcast is the gentleman who posed that question. Joining us from Hong Kong, the founder and CEO of Remo, Ho Yin Chung. Ho Yin, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much, James. That was a really great uh, uh, words and intro that you got for me. So I'm really happy to be on this podcast. So thank you for inviting me.
0: No, a, a pleasure to have you here. And um, yeah, I, I posed the question at the at the start very very deliberately. Now that's something that I lifted from your website, but. Um, I suppose that's a great place to start. Uh, The question you posed, what's stopping us from cultivating online relationships that are every bit as deep, meaningful and enriching as those that develop in person? What was stopping us from doing that, Ho-Yin? Yeah, so when when we kind of like, we started before the pandemic
1: and um, a lot of the challenges that were before the pandemic um, and some continue today are the way how we look at events um and virtual meetings especially uh um uh, events is that it's at a very we, we look at them as a meeting and we use tools that are for meetings so like we use zoom or we use like a video conference uh, call you know a video conference call originated from conference call which is purely a machine in the room with a bunch of people were talking, they just took that same thing and made that into an into video form. But when you think about events, um, those social dynamics are very different. And that wasn't really fully represented by this traditional um, version one of, of communication, which is just basically, you know, a meeting. I'll give you an example, like if you were going to network, or going to uh, an event where you would meet people, there's a lot of many small conversations happening at the same time. Whereas in a traditional boardroom meeting and you have 10, 12 people, it's only one person that's speaking at once at any point in time. There's no multiple conversations. So a lot of the the, the difficulty to create meaningful relationships is that it's not intimate. You're really great conversation happens in small groups not really anything larger than six and that makes it extremely difficult to create authentic conversation that drives a meaningful relationship
0: which is what remo's mission is about do you know that's such a simple identifier what you've just said there is that an event lots and lots of of individual conversations are taking place but that's something that if you think about some of the conferencing platforms that we all You know, merged across to very, very quickly Microsoft Teams, Zoom, you know, uh, Google Meet, et cetera, et cetera. It really only does facilitate one conversation happening at a time. And when people first started to try and utilize those platforms to create some type of online event, that really is the the major hindrance, isn't it? It it really prohibits people from having multiple conversations like they do at a real life event. That's right. And Um, That really is the
1: biggest thing that holds us back. And by solving that, which is what Remo has done, we've been able to replicate that experience and be able to create it into an experience where uh, you can um, um, meet people and actually create a relationship out of that much more easily. Before it was possible, but it was difficult now we at remo because of the way how we approach events you can create relationships extremely easily in fact you know the average person at our event um makes on average six to eight new relationships uh per event um that they're actually able to meet and
0: talk to each other um and so that that's something that we we are really proud of and and tell me about the 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 developmental process because you you posed this question you you decided that there was a gap in the market that that it was something that you could pursue and do better than what was out there at the moment what were you doing prior to 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 Remo you know what what is your background in in software development is it in events is it in both of those things yeah so um well funny enough my background was in social media
1: um and when I saw what was happening with social media it's kind of like you know watching watching uh the the beef get made or i don't know why working at mcdonald's and you're like i don't want to eat at mcdonald's anymore like you're just watching the actual process of the sausage being made that's the term um and then that was really what drove me to realize that uh experiences online aren't really that authentic really like it's it's very difficult to really have a deep conversation with people when you're just talking to you online so i did that um and then prior to and and I was also I also led a remote team, like a fully remote team prior to the pandemic. Now, I've been leading remote teams for over um, eight years, and through leading remote teams, I realized that connecting with each other internally at a company was ex- extremely difficult, very very difficult. Uh, there's really not that many options, and so I started creating a new way to interact with people and a new way to uh, create games or create interactive elements that allow people to really uh connect and that's where I found the most joy and the most flow in is creating these very interactive experiences for people and and that's kind of was laid the groundwork for what Remo is today
0: and 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 how did that that process when when you come up with an idea like, idea like this? It always fascinates me to talk to people who have who have had an idea, especially for a tech platform, and and brought it to fruition. You know, brought it to market. Um, because uh, you know, personally, I wouldn't know where to start. You know, when you have that idea, where do you go? Who do you speak to? You know, how, how do you decide? Actually, this is how we're going to do it. Um, you know, to, to me, it's this process that should take years and years and years and yet so many great platforms have sprung up sometimes in, in a matter of months from the initial conception. Yeah, I mean we were developing
1: this prior to the pandemic. And so there wasn't the the really dire need for it. Um so we had a lot of time. I mean we technically before the pandemic we spent about a year and a half just working on the platform actually. So we spent a considerable amount of time testing it and figuring out how to make it work right. Um in terms of coming up with the idea, I think it's more of like we knew that there was a problem and we knew that we knew we had the mission which is how do you we create authentic conversations that build meaningful relationships through an immersive immersive video experience we then looked at um we then talked to a lot of people and asked them what were the things that were missing they told us that we got that for their feedback and then we then um did a lot of research looking at all of the different platforms, from now all the way to past history, uh, what has you know kind of what has been tried? Like what's what's tried and what's failed, and 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 that kind of combination of taking feedback and what's tried and failed and coming up with something that we felt uh, solved a lot of those problems and created a good experience.
0: And again, what fascinates me is is people who are coming up with ideas like this pre-pandemic that ultimately had huge benefit to people when the pandemic hit? And it is a bit of a brutal question to ask. I hope you'll you'll forgive me, but in a horrible way, did the the, the pandemic help because you had this idea, you were already developing it, and suddenly you're presented with this huge global demand for digital meeting platforms and for people to have to explore new ways of of connecting? Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's a bad question
1: at all. I mean, like, I think there's, what, you know, gravity kind of works, you know what I mean? Like what comes up must come down. The pandemic is going to go away, right? I mean, I mean, I mean, it's, it's not optimism. It's, it's, it's being realistic because we will solve it. We will figure it out. Humans need to be human and we need to connect physically, uh, face to face. So yes, we did benefit from that, but it's not sustainable. It's not long lived. It's, it's a, it's a shot of, of, um, uh, stimulation that allowed us to kind of create a business, which is fantastic. But as we move, around, move along from the pandemic, you know, the, we still have to go through that. Like, it, imagine, it's like everyone had to change their business when they go into the pandemic. Well, we have to change our business when we go out of the pandemic. So it's like, we have to go through the similar thing, but we're doing it at the tail end. So, you, you know, it, it all kind of just... It's all in place, like you know, just yin and yang kind of thing. It all kind of just happens, um, but it yes, it did. Like it, it did help our business. We it was fantastic. What it helped us was to figure out who are the customers that we want to go for. That's that's really what ultimately is what we took out of it, um, so that we can then go and build the proper business and help people who are really really find what's valuable of what we're provide what we're finding, what we're providing to be
0: truly valuable to their business. And you mentioned, you know, people have this desire and and a human instinct to to connect in in person and face to face. Um, Whilst the pandemic presented maybe a short to medium term, you know, reliance on digital platforms, um, the pandemic will end. I I agree with you completely then. You know, what goes up must come down. We will get out of this. Do you see platforms like Remo then long term sitting alongside in-person events, allowing those event communities to to grow and develop year round, which is something that historically live event organizers have always struggled with.
1: Yeah, oh, absolutely. Like I think what the pandemic has allowed is it has broadened and educated everyone that it is possible and give them an opportunity to actually train and actually go through it a few times and say, oh, well, you know what, it's not that hard or you know what, I figured it out. And so now that they can take those same skills and experiences and apply it post pandemic when it is in the right situation. So hybrid, absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, for us, what we found, and it's an area that we're really focused on, is um, helping large enterprises and large companies um, host their internal events. Um, and because internal events is great for large enterprises because they might have a very large and wide, broad um, audience, meaning like their, their, their employees are distributed across the world or distributed across the country, um, and you want to host events to engage them. Right, it's very difficult sometimes to engage people, especially in this hybrid remote work world, and that is something where we found there's a lot of value
0: there for what we can provide. And uh, I think. Well, it's really difficult to, 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 to do so. And ultimately what you want people is to is to go onto the platform and see it for themselves because that's ultimately how anybody learns these platforms is go on there, use them. Um, but are, are you able to sort of describe for us some of the some of the, the features and, and what a user would see um, and how that in turn benefits them from allowing these sort of meaningful one-to-one conversations with people? How does a platform present itself to somebody if they're logging on via their laptop or their device? Sure. Yeah. Um, so
1: our platform is, is, is like you, the moment you enter and you land, you land on this map, so just pretend and think that you're on a Google map, you land on a Google map. And then on the Google map, you know, if you guys drive, you'll see like, or if you look at your phone, it'll have a circle. that will show you where exactly you are on that map. And that circle is typically like a blue circle, right? But in our platform, it's actually got a profile picture of your face there. And when you zoom it and, and it's already pre zoomed in, it's not like, you know, the the view of the entire city is already pre-zoomed in into this building and you can actually see the seats and the rooms and the tables inside this building. And you're sitting on one of those seats and you can double click onto any table and you will move to that table. And let's say James, you're sitting there and Margaret is sitting there i will immediately see the video streams of you and margaret the moment that i enter into that table where you guys are sitting and i can jump in and say hi how's it going you know
0: and have a conversation this is straight away the description that you give there is 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 changing some of the experiences that i've seen of virtual event platforms which are still very much web orientated you know it's taking the classic elements of website design that we've been familiar with you know for probably 25 you know coming up 30 years now but you know in terms of structure scrolling down tabs that you click on text based etc etc um was it really important for you to try and break away from probably a lot of thinking that's gone on in web development, in social media platforms, how we interact and those, all those different types of platforms to, to really almost try and clear your mind of anything that you knew before to give yourself a blank canvas.
1: Yeah, ha- absolutely. I mean, we really had to rethink what is really important in human interaction and look at it from how do you make it as human as possible? And we did have to, I mean, essentially when you think about it, like you see all these circles on the map and people are moving around on this map and talking to each other. And that actually is more like a game than your traditional software.
0: Well, uh, straight away, uh, I'm thinking like something like Fortnite, you know, I, I you know, yeah. some of these, some of these games now that, you know, the, the idea, you're in a virtual world. So the idea of presenting it visually whilst, you know, you're still s- sat at your desk or, wherever you may be sat on your device the idea of presenting somebody on screen with a visual representation of where they may be straight away from a psychological point of view helps somebody to picture and envisage themselves at an event more than they would be just scrolling through something that's more traditionally website based that's right so you're absolutely right so we're actually more like a game than business
1: software a game is more about experience and we care about the experience that the guest has so you're 100% correct like it's it's
0: really uh, it's not software really it's it's really actually a game yeah. uh, and that's not that's not anything new when i think back to sort of the early earliest incarnations of super mario brothers you know on nintendo yeah you know in between levels you know you would have this this sort of map layout of, of where you were and you would see mario move into the next level and then the level would would start you know yes. these ideas of presenting Absolutely. users in the gaming industry with a, a visual representation of where they may be in the game is has been you know like that for sort of 40 even 50 years in the late yeah. 70s with 100%. Atari um yeah. so it's fascinating that really from an event platform point of view we are only really just sort of catching up to some of the stuff that the gaming industry has been doing for, for decades. Absolutely. You're right. You're absolutely right. Um, And, 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 and and tell me again, sort of I love sort of trying to talk through the journey of platforms like this and, and, and the, the launch, the, the research, the beta testing, you know, when you, when you do all your research, you do all your program, you, you, test it you get your teams to test it you maybe go through some beta testing with you know event organizers that you may know how does the sort of the launch manifest itself you know getting users are, are, are on board and and how difficult or easier process was that depending on when you did launch in the pandemic so really when you're trying to launch uh, or
1: create something new you're constantly launching actually you're constantly launching you're launching again and again and again and again you're trying to get people to use it and so we probably launched like technically probably like seven times you know just continually <laughs> launching continually trying to get people interested changing it a little bit and launching it again um i mean that process is, is difficult i mean it's getting the first you know m- you know million dollars of revenue you know as they say is the toughest part and it's true it is the toughest part but once you get the traction and once you get it there it becomes a lot easier um, is a lot of um, doing, working with people, uh, working with events, uh, people doing things for free at the beginning, um, offering something uh, just to get more attraction. It's it's a lot of uh, a lot of hustling, a lot of work there
0: for sure. Hustling. I, I always love the phrase hustling. It's a great phrase because you know it's it, it really is that, you know, and, and a hustle. Sometimes people to, it could be a bit derogatory term to hustle somebody, but I think when you when you are hustling in an industry that shows you know sort of great um dedication, you know, and and and, and drive. Um and like you said, it, it takes a great amount of hustle to do this. Um in terms of the markets and the different sort of verticals that that present themselves in the events industry, again, that that must be maybe not complicated but something that you need to step back and address once you've got a platform like this ready to go because events vary in different sizes with a digital platform often we are we have this great position where a digital platform can be scaled up or down very easily um and of course you've then got clients who may be dealing with their own events internally you may have a representative from hey. the client you've then got agencies you've then got you know agencies yeah. who are dealing with Portfolios of clients who all may have a need. How do you address sort of each one of those verticals? You know, up to sort of agency level and right down to sort of the the PA of the CEO who just wants to organize the company event.
1: Yeah, so we have a lot of different um, types of customers. Um, we we work with a lot of agencies. We have our own agency program, and the way how we work with agencies is we have a program. We have a team that all they do is just to, just to work with agencies and make sure they're successful. So. In some ways, um, agencies are our customers. In some ways, and so we ha- we are very uh, involved in training and selling with them and making sure that they have all the tools necessary to succeed. Um, our agency program actually won an award uh, for being one of the top agency programs in the event industry. So that's something that we really care about and we're really proud about. Um, when it comes to like, um, for custom uh, other customers like PAS or or, or anyone else from the corporate side, we have a, a very extensive customer success team. Um, and, you, and you have a person that will literally like walk you through making sure your first event is successful. You know, our product is DIY, but we help you a lot in order to train you up and get you up to the point where, uh, you know, basically like helping you uh, work with you to kind of get that first event running. Um, and, and so even with people that are very experienced, we're always there just in case, because we want to make sure that, you know, one of the core values of our company is, is humanity at the center. So how do we make sure that you have a very human experience? It's not just technology. It's like a human experience to uh, ensure that you, you, you can maximize the most out of Remo, the tool and us as people that, that, that are part of Remo.
0: That's really interesting that you've got this, this sort of dedicated team for, 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 you know, this agency partner program um, and this, the, you know, a team that's there to deal with agencies and that you've identified that because the, it, the skill sets, again, when you identify the difference between an agency dealing with clients specifically working in the events industry, you know, they will undoubtedly, most agencies have a skill set amongst their team where they've used these types of platforms before they have some experience of creating and working with these digital meeting platforms and that experience may be very very different to um a direct client that you're working with who maybe has, has never used this type of platform before um how was that something from the very early days of Remo? you said right we need to identify that we may need to have different support levels for different types of client yeah over time
1: we realized that over time that we realized that we need different types of support levels. Um, agencies have a different need and way different needs, very, very different needs than um, normal customers. So we, we we started diverging that over time.
0: One thing I must ask is, is, is from the sort of the longer term uh, usage. Again, we're programmed in the events industry historically. To think that events begin at a certain time and end at a certain time and that's because you know we go to a venue the doors open at 10 a.m they close at 5 p.m and we have that seven hour window in which we do our our business and again in the same way that we had to sort of Forget some of the ideas of web design and things like that in order to to really create these these meaningful digital event tools. We probably have to rethink things like timings and when we run these sh- uh, events, how long they can actually run for durations. Um, right. Again, did that play a big part in in your own thinking and how you wanted to then uh, present Remo to clients? Um, I mean, it, it made of a- it the the clients have many
1: different types of events and they will tell us what they want and how long the events are um in terms of time like how late the length of time that that not as much but in terms of like what kind of floor plans that they want so what one of the key features about remo is that you can have a customized floor plan you can customize the floor plan to make it as immersive like we have floor plans of this um this like chalet in it up in the hills of, of, of looks like a chalet like in a ski resort kind of thing and then we have another one that's um uh, it's at the rooftop of a building and you can see it's like kind of al fresco style like then you have beaches and you have like a campfire with like you know um fire you know fire just kind of like uh, uh, these little fireplace kind of things on each of the tables for example so there's this a lot of this immersive stuff and that has made the experiences for each one to be very very unique and customized and that's something that a lot of the customers want And, and once they kind of told us, these are the types of events that they want, these are their goals, then we started to to kind of create some floor plans. And then they also went to other designers and those designers then made their businesses of creating floor plans just for Remo and for Remo's clients. So we started to kind of have this, um, ecosystem kind of going on that really didn't start to fit exactly what the
0: clients wanted from from a design point of view i've just thought of something and it's really it probably insignificant in the grand scheme of things but you know how you, we have responsive um browsers now so if i send you a calendar invite it will adjust itself automatically for your time zone in the same way you know if you've got this rooftop scenario where it may be a an external um floor plan is it responsive right. depending on uh, when somebody is joining it so is it nighttime for somebody who's joining in san francisco but daytime for somebody who may be in berlin you know can oh, you get yeah. to respond like that yeah that's a great idea that's a great that's a really good idea we should i should definitely uh,
1: there show we go. with the tech team. yeah
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> co- co- commission there we go you heard yeah, it, everybody. Yeah. You heard it, everybody. We've got, we've got evidence on the podcast. Um, <laughs> we're, we're, uh, on the subject of of, of international, um, you're you're based in Hong Kong. There will be, uh, you know, just the, the sheer volume of businesses that are based in Hong Kong, uh, and the amount of internationally based businesses that will have a desire to meet up. You've you've probably got a local um, client base there, but presumably because of the nature of the, the platform anybody can use this what is the international representation like at the moment for, for, for RIma and how far is it spread so actually we we don't have that many
1: customers in Hong Kong <laughs> we don't have that we don't have that many customers <laughs> in Asia actually so so um, US is, is a big market for us Europe is a big market for us um, we also have some presence in Japan um, and then we have a, a bunch of other um, countries that are around the world like south africa and some other countries that mm-hmm. uh we have, we have presence in but um that's kind of like the representation actually a- hong kong is actually not it's not significant at all it should be we, we barely have any customers from hong kong
0: actually yeah. <laughs> it's great well uh, do you know what but the beauty about that is is it shows that you can be based anywhere in the world and launch a business now to anywhere in the world it's p- particularly if it's if it's tech based if it's a platform um, absolutely you know you, you couldn't have done this you know there is no way third 25 years ago you'd launch anything that's event related and not do it in the territory in which you're operating
1: yeah yeah exactly and that's one of the cool things that's it's one it, of the fun things about it
0: it really is what what are the plans for for 2022 i mean we're recording this now um on the 21st of, of february um it's probably going to go out in the next You know, a couple of weeks. So people may be tuning in and listening to this early March. It's still first quarter of 2022. What What are the plans? What's in the pipeline at the moment for Remo? So we have been doing a lot
1: of partnerships. Um, So a lot of partnerships with uh, people to help us with our growth. Uh, There's one area that we are uh, doing more on, which is incorporating food with virtual events. So a lot of virtual events, they some people have kind of done it, like they've delivered some food, maybe they organize themselves. Um, We've seen an amazing impact on increasing attendance by introducing food, meaning you order your food through the event and the event delivers it to you, to your door. And so we have vendors where they'll get a pizza delivered to your door,
0: wherever you are in the world. The, on, the, like right before the, the the time of the event this this is crazy now isn't it but i suppose if you yeah. think about you know platforms like uber eats you know it, it, it's it's pretty much available in most major cities in most you know parts of yeah. the world now um really whilst that may sound like spectacularly complicated to do the reality now when it's all app-based you use an api what a, you know it's probably relatively easy to do so now we're, we're seeing um not only is increased
1: attendance so when you involve food it increases attendance by anywhere between 40 to 60 percent attendance increases attendance um so so that's number one that's like something that's really amazing what we've seen number two is that the feedback that people give uh with with foods involved goes up from like maybe if your feedback was like 3.5 it'll go actually to like a 4.8 4.9 out of five Four point four point nine out of five so it that's goes from, crazy so three to almost like max because the food makes the experience really unique because like i can then we're both eating something that's physical that is familiar like it's it's we can point to it and say oh you have that pizza i have that pizza we're both eating the pizza together and another thing is is that it reminds people to attend the event i mean there's been you, you there's so many webinars there's so many events that people could go to um, but when you, when, when you have a pizza delivered to your door or whatever healthy option that somebody, maybe people, maybe some people eat, you're, you're going to be like, well, I might as well eat it at the event. Like, you know, it's, it serves as a great reminder to engage them in and bring them in. Cause it's very easy to be like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to type, type up some more emails and then just go hang out, you know, at home and do something else while I'm working from home. It's very easy to just kind of like step away
0: this is this is fascinating because at the very start of the, of the today's podcast i asked the question or the question that you posed what's stopping us from cultivating online relationships that are every bit as deep meaningful and as riching and as enriching as relationships that develop in person and as well as your own platform the answer to that question is pizza yeah <laughs> <laughs> Who'd have thought? This, this is this is amazing. No, this, yeah. this, this is great, and you're absolutely right. You know, j- all joking aside, you know, I've had great conversations at events over over lunch or over dinner at an awards event. You know, food plays such a, a, a part yeah, in everybody's absolutely. life. From a, so, you look absolutely. at any any culture around the world, how important food is in. Yeah the cultural and the social aspects of life. That's where conversations exactly. happen. That's where people find out what they've been doing during the day. And exactly. to be able to try and recreate that, all we're doing is, is that, that's what we're trying to do, isn't it? We're trying to replicate what we do in real life. Exactly. You hit the nail on the head, James. Like that's exactly
1: what we've seen. That's exactly what we are trying to do. And we see food as a fantastic way uh, that pairs up really well with our product. Um, to create these even more deeper uh, relationships. And, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it shoots, it, it also helps all the right metrics too. You know, it helps attendance, it helps your feedback, your survey feedback. You know, people really want to get really great survey feedback. This is one way to boost it. Very easy, super easy. Fantastic.
0: We've been talking on the podcast today to Ho Yin Chung, who is the founder and CEO of Remo, an experiential virtual event platform that empowers you to grow and engage your audience—a virtual experience that rivals in-person events. Um, it's been great to talk to you today, Ho Yin. Um, thanks for thanks for sort of extending your working day a little bit to allow for the time difference and getting this recorded today. Um, before we wrap, very very important to to let people know who are tuning in today how they find out more about you because as we pointed out. Out. This could be accessed from anywhere in the world. So if anybody wants to find out more, where do they go and how do they do that?
1: Yeah, so you can come to our website, Remo, remo.co. Um, that's the website of the platform. We've got free trials. We've got um, uh, demo tours. We have a space that you can go in at any time, 24 by 7, and go and just explore the space yourself. We've got all these different ways to kind of learn about Remo. Um, whichever that fits your fancy and, um, yeah, there's that. And also, um, there's also like my LinkedIn as well. Um, I talk a lot about events, um, and I'm going to post it in here into this chat
0: yeah great uh, yeah if you want you to um, we'll there. put some links up on uh we'll put some links up as well uh, i mean on social media you can find the guys at use underscore remo is on twitter but if you search any of the social media platforms linkedin instagram i know that those guys have got a presence on all of those platforms and and obviously with your background in social media Ho Yin, uh, i'm sure you're across all of that uh regularly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Absolutely 100%. Thank you. Fantastic. And of course if you want to find out a little bit more about what we're up to here uh, at the podcast and indeed at Event Industry News, eventindustrynews.com is the place to go. If you're listening to today's podcast via one of your audio uh, podcast platforms, then you can head over to the Event Industry News website, check out the latest news, features and supplements and everything that's going on in event industry news. Of course if you're already watching the video of today's podcast, hello to you. Thanks for joining us here on eventindustrynews.com and don't forget, forget that if you want to listen to audio only versions of all of our podcasts just go to your chosen podcast platform and that brings us nicely to the end of today's episode our thanks once again to our guest ho ying chung founder and ceo at remo.co if you want to find out more about them fascinating conversation today about the world of digital event platforms and we will see you on the next episode of the event industry news podcast thanks very much for joining us everybody and goodbye